Hello everyone, I'm Rachel, and you're listening to Let's Talk Avatar. This is a watch-through of The Legend of Korra. Isaac and I will be discussing each episode and giving our opinions on it. Just as a reminder, this podcast does contain spoilers for The Legend of Korra. This is a teen-rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Talk Avatar. My name is Rachel. And my name is Isaac. And today we're going to be discussing episode 5 of season 3 of The Legend of Korra, which is titled... The Metal Clan. Ooh. 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 This is where we get to see Zalfu, which is honestly my favorite city in all of the Avatar universe. Really? Yeah, like, it's literally the creative hub of the world. Yeah, I feel like that would be your favorite place. I don't even know what my favorite part of, like, the Avatar universe would be my favorite. Um, This episode is pretty... How would you describe it? It's kind of like... I would say it's pretty steady. It's steady. Yeah, it's it's laid back, but still has some action to it. You know, it's not we're, like we're overwhelming, still, yeah. but it's not boring. We're you still know, in it's the, in the middle. In, we're still in the introduction to season three. Yeah. So while, we're, while we already have other people, you know, with their own agendas going on, we're still introducing other things. So I get it. I liked it. I did too. Um, right off the bat, Lynn was like, um, don't tell anyone I'm here. I'm just trying to get in and get out. Quick thing. Yeah. And I was like, dang. Poor Naga. She freaking like punctures Naga's ball. And I'm like, that's me. Didn't even see that. Honestly, I don't really care about Naga or Pabu to be, to be honest. Wow. They're just not as, um. Yeah. Cora does not focus on animals as much as. ATLA did. You know, like, yeah. you care for Appa and Momo a lot, but Pabu and Naga, you don't really, after the first season, you really don't care about them. Like, they don't really make them a focus. I get it because Korra's, like, more of a, more towards teenagers to young adults, so it'd be weird if they just, like, <laughs> they just did a whole Pabu. episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. The first thing, one of the first things on my notes is beautiful city. I think Xiaofu is, like, so fucking creative and i wonder how easy it was to build the city since it is made out of metal like you think all the metal benders got together and were like today we're building the capital today we're building like the main mansion whatever probably you know what i really admire about it is the way that each part of the city is like in its own lotus like a lotus flower yeah it's very like you said creative and What's the word? I'm like uniform, uniform, but yet creative. You it's know, very innovative. Yeah. For the way, like the way it closes up at night, I would feel extremely safe to be there. Which later in the episode, Sue mentions that it is the safest city in the um, entire apparently Avatar world. But um, we know that's not true. I mean, it is probably the safest. No, yeah, probably. it's the safest, but it's not safe from everything or everyone. Yeah, nothing is truly a hundred percent safe. The here is with the airbenders? Yeah, that was weird. That creepy. was creepy. All of a sudden, he's just like, hey, I just got airbending oh. all of a sudden. You know who he makes me think of? The like, um, the big guy in that uh, really popular anime movie, Perfect Blue. He reminds me of that, like, um, 
I don't know, that, like, I don't want to say, like, Down Syndrome, I think, character in that movie that, like, tries to kill the main character multiple times. I have no times. idea who you're talking about. He reminds me of that. Like, anytime he's around, I get the same vibe I do from that character in Perfect Blue. It's just creepy. Um, yeah. Also, how did nobody, like, think anything of him? Well, you could tell Kaya is even like from the moment she sees him it doesn't sit well with her you know yeah but but like how does it all of a sudden click later on yeah that's here it's like okay um why didn't you do that when you first saw him exactly the concept artist okay going back to the city design i just know the concept artist had a really fun time making this city because of like you said like the lotus flower and then the mountains in the background and the train system speaking of train system varic yeah, all of a sudden, Varric's there. When he pops up, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> they find every way possible to incorporate Varric from season two till season four, you know? like, Which I'm not mad about, because Varric is like my favorite comedic relief in all of Avatar, probably. In um, all of Avatar? Yeah, he's Dang, funny. He is funny. And also, he's like a criminal. <laughs> and he is, um, like, genius, but what's that like what do people say that supposedly or is this what we've talked about where we thought that he could be like sock he's he reminds us of Sokka in that way yeah like he's, and he's an still, inventor extremely smart inventor but still really funny you know i think he's from the water tribe too yeah i think he is he conforms to wherever he's at so yeah, i he, really don't know what he is he's really good at like i feel like he's like a master narcissist like oh <laughs> yeah he's the most narcissistic person in, in that show yeah suyin has fought a lot she got a lot of kids uh yeah five of them the art hoe yeah when they show up and they're like cool he's, don't he really know what therapy. this they're like don't really know what this is but i guess it's cool and he's like no oh. bolin's like it's a banana right and he's like no it's harmonic convergence can't you tell and he's like yeah <laughs> and he looks at mako and his mom he's like it's a banana <laughs> cringe opal's awkward as fuck that's all i gotta say she's awkward but not you know like she's just a teenage girl that has a crush on you know like someone and so it's i feel like she's the most normal out of her whole family you know yeah um and then there's a scene where mako and bolin are like getting ready in the bathroom and mako's like I feel like you should go after Opal. And Bolin's like, not really my type. So cringy. Like, don't pretend like you weren't already trying to get at that. Like, come on, Bolin. You haven't had good relationships so far. And this girl's interested. You don't know she's interested. Yeah. And then within like 10 seconds, he switches and he's like, you know what? Maybe maybe she is. Yeah. Um, Suyin, when she's talking about her backstory, her life. Yeah. She was she joined the traveling circus, then settled down in a sandbender colony, and then after that she figured out what she wanted to do with her life and made that city, Xiaofu. Yeah. How freaking cool is that? All within the Earth Kingdom. It is really cool. I'm still I can't really remember all the details, but obviously like her and Lin don't talk, and it's mainly on Lin's part because Sue's tried to reconcile with her. And I guess my thing is, like, the whole backstory they have with each other, you're expecting it to be a lot worse because, like, you haven't talked in 30 years. This has to be bad. And then when you hear it, it's kind of underwhelming. We don't we don't hear it in this episode, but it's still just like, ugh. But it makes sense because they are Toph's 
daughters. So yeah. like, well, and it makes sense, you know, when Sue says our mom had was grew up in a strict home, so she gave us all the freedom and the world, you know, and they fought for her attention. And I just imagine like. Toph was not a good mom. We already know that, but, like, you know that from the way she was as a kid. Yeah. Um, towards the end, when Zaheer is, like, in Tenzin's room looking at little trinkets, and then he's like, enter the void, become wind. And then then Iki's Iki's like, like, what the fuck are you doing in my dad's room? And then Kaya shows up and doesn't even, at first, is just kind of like, where are you from? And then it's finally like, Zaheer! Okay, I want to mention something about this part because it really bothers me. And it's not just Avatar that does this. A lot of different movies, cartoons, shows, like, it goes along the entire spectrum. I absolutely hate when a bad guy shows up and they totally annihilate the good guy. I'm thinking, like, okay, Kai and Zaheer are probably the same age, right? Kai has been trained by the best waterbender in the entire world, like Katara. She was raised by Katara. And yet, Zaheer's able to take her out and the other firebenders out but, instantly. But just, it makes sense to me because just because you're trained by the best doesn't mean you have the same skill or the same opportunity to be as good as that well, person I mean, that's training you. I understand that, but I'm just saying, like, it sucks also, every single time you see it in shows that, like, the good guy always gets gets trampled at first but we're and you know they're gonna win eventually but it still bothers me literally last episode when they, it happened last episode with um zuko and but listen all of them i'm like do you the backstory of them when literally zuko tonrock Sokka, all these people literally had to fight one person to lock them up not one person it was, was all the of red, them the red yeah. lotus so if that like if they're that powerful then and they've probably been training in their cell like Zaheer has. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I would like to see more, like, effort put forth or, like, the good guy being able to, like, show skills and, like, dodge. Because they yeah. never even dodge. Like, also, it's just them. They get a few hits on, like, Kaya got a few hits on Zaheer. And then, like, every time he fought back, she got, like, taken down. She doesn't even dodge it. It's like, I just, she doesn't necessarily have to win the fight. I just want to know that she could withstand her own if she really tried. I think she held her own pretty well. Well, I, d- I think she did a good job. I think that it, I wish they would have shown more of that, you know? One thing I thought was kind of fucked up in that whole fight is the, towards the middle of it, and she's like, I need help. Literally, the only people that show up are the White Lotus people, and they're, we already the know they're not people, as, yeah. they're not even as good as the airbending kids, so. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I was just like, wow. But I mean, wow. he left. So, did he just need that little, like, pendant? Is that was the only thing he was looking for? I guess. Also, like... And the location of everyone, right? I think that's really what he's trying to figure out. But that and why did he need the trinket? It's just... The placement of that trinket and why he was in that room to get that specifically was just kind of out of place to me. It just felt kind of like, um... I don't know. What is that word... Like, it's perfectly placed there. Like a plot device? Yeah, mm-hmm. like a perfect example of a plot device. Yeah. But it, it lets you know that, like, what he's about and what he's trying to do, which is get rid of all of his earthly tethers, um, Pali. <laughs> they actually help him with that. Oh, <laughs> wait, that's in a way later episode, but... Um, he actually gets assistance with letting go of his earthly tethers. Lynn is a bitter lady, but you can tell that it's fucking getting to her. Obviously, I guess to me what was really upsetting is, well, she's treating 
opal like she did Cora in the beginning, you know, and she shuts everyone out. And I was hoping that after the first season that she would be a little more, just a little more understanding. And like when Opal approached her, especially, I also thought it was really, really messed up of Cora to have Opal go in there with knowing <laughs> the potential that Lynn can go off on that. And Opal's a teenager. She's loved her aunt, all these stories, wants to get to know her, and then is completely hurt by her. Yeah. And Cora's the one that caused it. It was so funny, I'm going to be honest. Wow. Like, why would you send her in there knowing? And then That after, she could blow up on her. And then after that, Cora's like... I I sent her in here because of this and it's like Cora you should have known but like, Cora is still a teenager too she's still really immature and the decisions she makes aren't it's, always the best it's just sad to see Lynn blow up on Opal like that because Opal she's from, so innocent from all the characters we've seen she's the most innocent the most in innocent show. and like kind-hearted feeling you know when you hear her talk or just her they do a really good job I think Allison Stoner is who voices her really yeah she they she did an amazing job putting that presence forth. Like, you get that sense from her character. I like the costume designs a lot. They all kind of look the same, but they're all different. Like, completely different in terms of, like, shape and style. Wasn't it cool in the beginning when you meet Sue and they're doing that dance kind of thing? Yeah, like, I thought but that... then we also see Kuvira doing that pose with that one girl at the end. Oh, that was Kuvira? I didn't... With the ponytail? I didn't even notice foreshadow i didn't even notice didn't even notice <laughs> um that's all i really have for this episode yeah. it was just kind of it was a i i loved it don't get me wrong but it was like i like we said in the beginning it's a very steady episode it's just like what you see is what's is happening and yeah it's very basic i guess like i said it's not boring but it's not super entertaining so it's right in the middle so there's not really a lot to like digest i guess you meet the the main part of it is you're just meeting lynn's family lynn's sister and her family one thing about this episode though i want to talk about a little bit is in the big okay so the animation is really 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 good for the first like two minutes and then it's mediocre in between and then the last two minutes is really good again which is weird to me at least. Like when they I zoom in notice. when they zoom in on Lynn right before Opal shows up, like the animation for that is for some reason like two frames are really, really, really good. And also when they um do the like parallaxing view of Airbending Island or Zhao Fu in the beginning, it's like really, really good. So you're going into it thinking that the whole episode's just gonna be like this great masterpiece. Which I'm fine with it not being, obviously, but it's like, I don't know. To me, that's weird when they do that. I get it's like budget costs and stuff like that, but it felt kind of out of place some areas. I don't really notice stuff. Like, every so often I notice small things or um, I might notice it a little bit, but you have more of an eye for that than I do anyway, so it like makes sense that you would pick that out. Especially with Opal and Suyin. And I don't know if it's just just because that's, like, the first time the animators, like, have drawn them or whatever, but it was just, like... Um, I think that if Bolin and Opal continued, like, in the com, I haven't read the Korra comics, but if they did continue together or, like, that relationship stuck, which I hope it does, I think they would make such beautiful babies. Both, like, piercing green eyes, and she's an er I mean, an airbender now, and he's a... I mean, air and then he's an earth. Like, I just feel like their kids would be super cute. And Weird. strong. Yeah. I'm thinking going ahead, thinking ahead of Opal in season four and how she helps Korra against Kuvira. Like, yeah. 
I just want to get to season four already. I just want to get love... to the end of season three and watch like the battle between well, the red... there's like the there's like that ending battle, but there's so much that leads up before that battle. E, there's like twenty battles. Yeah, literally. I just am. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the end of season three, and then I'm looking forward to season four. Yeah, um, I. It's will... hard just to watch one episode, you know. Like, I really, honestly, I was. I've been watching this other show, so I was like, I don't want to really watch Cora today. Like, I want to, but I want to watch this other show. Hooked. Yeah, and then I was like, I'm just gonna watch it, and I put it on, and then I'm like, okay, well, I want to keep watching it now, but I have to stop myself. Yeah, season three, every episode I watch is, like, reminding me how good it is. And Mm -hmm. I think it might be my favorite season. It is proving to be, like, my favorite season so far, too. There's just so much going on and so much awesome plot lines. Yeah, and, like, in this episode, this was probably the most boring episode and it wasn't even boring. Yeah, there was still information, still stuff going on. Yeah. Like, they literally went to Jaufu for the first time. Every episode it has something that keeps you entertained. You know, there's nothing where you're really like, ugh, this is boring, you know? Well, I guess yeah. when they go to, like, the Earth King, I mean, Earth King, Earth Queen, their Earth Kingdom, but you know? even that was kind of fun if you've well, seen, yeah. like, Well, yeah, I mean, there's parts of it, though. But I yeah. mean, when it, like, season three compared to season one and two has yet to have an episode where I'm like, like, the sting. Oh, my. Don't. I don't nope. think any season has an episode, has a... a Season two has the worst boring episodes. Yeah. I don't remember if there's any in season four, but... I don't remember either. Season three and four... I Maybe it's because I've watched season one and two so many times and just, like, never finished three and four that I... I mean, I've finished three and four a few times, but I think I've watched one and two a whole lot more than three and four, you know? Yeah. So I just remember things from those seasons so much more which is kind of nice when you rewatch it because then it's like you're experiencing some of it for the first time or you're like oh yeah i forgot that happens especially big moments because then you're it gives you that excitement all over again well season three and four kind of blend together yeah they they might as well lead in right after another yeah they might as well just be one big season but there is that time skip that we need to have happen yeah um oh yeah like four years right (laughs) yeah Cora's still poisoned, but that's way ahead of what episode we're on. <laughs> um, anyways, I am Isaac. I'm Rachel. And we will see you next week with another episode of Let's Talk Avatar. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find us on our website at nonessentialmedia.com, on Twitter at Let's Avatar, and on Instagram at Let's Talk Avatar. Join us next week for another episode. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.